back to the Time Death Podcast with your host, Taylor. Hi, guys. It's been a day. I just put on gel extensions and I've been like practicing them for like a couple months now. And I'm finally like, I'm wearing these really long coffin ones and I'm not used to it. <laughs> so, like, click clacking on my laptop and like opening my doors. It's been difficult, but I look great. So I can't really complain that much. Anyway, we're back with another news dive. I have four big news items today that I think will be interesting. One is an update from last week. So yeah, also it's 8 a.m. right now. (laughs) I'm, I'm up early, which is very weird. I mean, it's only an hour earlier than when I usually am up for work, but I'm up early. I'm drinking my coffee. So if I'm a little bit slow, it's because of that. So our first big news item is that a Tennessee company that helped with Alabama executions has terminated its contract with the state of Alabama. So FDR Safety, a Tennessee-based company, has been contracted to support the development of Alabama's execution. And up until, I think, Monday they were still helping them. It wasn't until they got a lot of public backlash that they decided to withdraw. The Tennessean had a guest columnist, Kevin Riggs, who pleaded for the company to stop working with them. Riggs is a minister at Franklin Community Church, and he said that capital punishment, quote unquote, goes against the totality of scripture and the restorative nature of Almighty God. He, along with 26 other faith and community leaders in Tennessee, signed an open letter demanding the end of the contract. Like I mentioned, on Monday, after a bunch of public outcry, FDR Safety cut ties with the state of Alabama. Riggs and eight other members went to the FDR's Franklin office to hand deliver the letter about the ordeal. And it goes on to say, Together, you are working to develop a new protocol with an old history to kill people, the gas chamber. It draws on our darkest moments of human experimentation and genocide practices by totalitarian and violent regimes of the past and present, Imperial Japan, Nazi Germany, and Communist China. The letter concludes, You may think this contract is just business, but we ask you to consider what you stand for and what your legacy to be. If FDR safety continues to support the development of this new nitrogen gas execution protocol, it will be remembered in history for gassing people alive, some who are innocent, others mentally ill, and others striving for redemption. We urge you to terminate your contract for the sake of humanity. Pretty intense. I think it got its point across. I think they understand that. I think also, just so we know what FDR safety is, They basically do safety training. (laughs) I think what they were doing for the state of Alabama was actually helping to help these workers kind of comply and work safely while giving executions was kind of, honestly, it's kind of ironic, but like, I think that's what they do. They do like safety training. Riggs found out about the contract a couple months back, but he's been fighting for this ever since. And according to the Franklin homepage, uh, back in July, 70 organizations, which included investors and business associate associations led by Worthrise, 
which is another um, social justice company, sent another letter to FDR Safety. Obviously, through all this craziness, FDR Safety wrote in a prepared statement that the company had terminated its contract with the state of Alabama. They disputed some of the claims that were made about them aiding death of any inmates, and they argued that they're simply just ensuring a safe work environment for employees who are on death row. And their statement reads, Throughout our history, FDR safety has focused exclusively on protecting the safety and health of the employees at businesses we serve. We have never been involved in designing or implementing protocols used to administer any form of capital punishment. Our work focuses specifically on protecting employees and and assuring they have a safe workplace, as required by the Occupation Safety and Health Act, or OSHA, of 1970. We have terminated our contract with the state of Alabama. FDR safety will not perform work on this project going forward. I'm a little bit in the middle with this, you know, because I get both sides. Like, they're not here killing anyone, but at the same time, you're helping to keep it alive, you know what I mean? To some degree. Like, yes, you're not the one coming out and you know, making the protocols or getting the gas or convicting anyone, but you are helping to make it a safer job, which I don't think a lot of people are excited about either. Also, another thing that I like about this story is kind of, um, cause not saying that all conservatives are religious or all religious people are conservative, but you do see a majority of right-leaning conservative people being more religious and also just more religiously out there and now you're seeing these members especially Kevin Riggs coming out coming forward and being like this is not this is not what my religion believes is right and I think just another sign that we're moving kind of collectively into a newer path and I know historically the Catholic Church and Christians have been very against the death penalty but seeing big supporters of both of them so they kind of like at least from a political standpoint kind of go hand to hand so it's nice to see that difference at least in the community. Another big news item singapore urged to halt double execution plant for wednesday now this kind of has to do with the double execution but it also has to do with this mental health battle that we've been having here in the states and and everywhere else so many people have urged singapore to halt the execution of two men convicted of drug trafficking and i am going to really badly pronounce their names and i am so sorry roslyn bakar and malaysian Pazi Jeffrey Dean Jeffrey Dean and these are the two men they were informed about their execution on February 9th and it was supposed to happen for today they were found guilty of trafficking 96.7 grams of diamorphine and 76.37 grams of methamphetamine these would be the first executions in the country since November of 2019 Amnesty International Singapore researcher Rachel Choa Howard would go on to say, following more than two years of no executions in 2020 and 2021, it is appalling that the Singapore government is planning to resume this cruel practice imminently. 
and she's kind of like urging them to put some type of moratorium or some type of halt at least on these executions according to transformative justice collection collective tgc tgc palsy's family has been struggling to find flights and have been forced to go through quarantine through this period Rosalind's lawyer has been on medical leave and he has been left without any representation which is really bad another thing to mention is that palsy has an iq of 67 and this is way below the average of 100 this was obviously argued in court they were trying to show that he there there's no way that he can really think about these things so a judge had previously said that this was not sufficient enough a reason for him to be resentenced to life in prison because it did not con- constitute quote unquote evidence of an abnormality of mind there was another death penalty case that involved a man named and i am going to picture this again i'm sorry naganthrin da harmalingam i'm sorry i'm so sorry and he was another one convicted of the drug offenses his case had been postponed due to public outcry and for him not so much an intellectual disability but more of a mental illness he was found to have borderline intellectual functioning and cognitive deficits they said that this could greatly affect his ability to make informed decisions and then later he would also receive a stay of execution after testing positive for COVID-19. So Chow Howard also goes on to say it is high time for Singapore to reestablish a moratorium on the death penalty as a first step towards full abolition. The global trend towards abolition continues unabated with the majority of world governments having abolished the cruel punishment in law. Or in practice. And you know what? We'll go more into Singapore down the line. Internationally, I think it's really interesting to look at because the next <laughs> the next piece of news we have actually has to do with the abolition of a death penalty or a death row. Papau New Guinea has repealed its death penalty 30 years after it was reintroduced. Prime Minister James Marape said it was not an effective deterrent to serious crime. The death penalty was pushed for things like treason, piracy, murder, including sorcery-related violence, and aggravated rape. See, now, and I don't like making fun of other people, other cultures. You're killing someone for sorcery. You're killing someone for magic shit? No, I'm very happy that you guys got rid of your death row because i just can imagine and i'm i'm being very ignorant right now i don't actually know what they mean by sorcery related violence it could be something religious it could be something along those lines but when i hear it it kind of gives me cast a spell on someone and they die like i could just imagine someone being tried in court because they had casted like a spell on someone and that person ended up dying probably of something else but because that person casted a spell, they're now going to be sentenced to death. Anyway, done with that rant. So, all of these things will now be punishable by a life sentence with or without parole, and parole and parole is after like 30 years. The last execution to take place in Papua New Guinea actually happened way back in the day, November of 1954 in Port Moresby. The country then abolished capital punishment in 1970, but then reintroduced it again in 1991. But they haven't executed anyone since. So they kind of were like, okay, uh, <laughs> we don't need this. Let's just not do this. In 2013, the country had steps to revive their death penalty. And this is when they started adding more crimes. But the state kind of quote unquote lacked 
necessary administrative mechanisms and infrastructure to carry out the death penalty. And Marabe would go on to say that the death penalty had been in their laws for many years, but consistent with our global trends and studies, it is not effective. It is not an effective deterrent to serious crimes or offenses. And, yeah, you know, like, looking at what's happening with Singapore, I think it'll be interesting. I don't think they're going to abolish their death penalty anytime soon. If they do, it'll be cool. Uh, I know a lot... In the past couple of years, there have been some really big cases where internationally they've been looking to either eliminate it, their death penalty completely or they have made steps to make it a less normal sentence in their country. So we're going to keep looking at some of this international news. I think it's pretty interesting, especially the fact that they haven't had an execution in like way too long and since 1954 and they're finally getting rid of it. This kind of reminded me of where the states are kind of going right now. Like a lot of these states are not really doing executions anymore they haven't done them for a long time yet they still have it in place and it's kind of like when are we going to start following these global trends when are we going to start following these studies when are we going to start looking at the facts and kind of you know pushing our way that way and again i'm not here for or against the death penalty i'm just stating what i'm seeing you know talking about stating what i'm seeing on to the next big ticket item. Now, this is an update from last week when I talked about Utah and they had this House bill that was going into the House committee about abolishing the death penalty. And in my head, I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Utah on Valentine's Day, Monday, which also, again, happy Valentine's Day, my dude. Utah House committee narrowly defeated the bill that would repeal the death penalty. A five to six vote came in after a nearly three and a half hour hearing of the House of Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Committee and a plea from the House Majority Leader Mike Schultz, who remember we talked about he is not for this bill whatsoever, to vote down House Bill 147. He would go on to say this bill would remove the possibility of death sentence for all future crimes, no matter how horrible. A future Ted Bundy could not receive the death penalty if this bill is passed. One thing I want to say about that, I used to have the same argument about why I was for the death penalty, blah, 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 blah. Oh my god, you don't want Ted Bundy or people like Ted Bundy to come out. And don't get me wrong, I still kind of feel that way. I'm like, people like Ted Bundy don't deserve to live. As cruel as that may sound coming from me. But yet again, what they do is way crueler, so I don't care. However, until we can have a death row that is not so soaked in injustice and so expensive that we we barely can use it without things being repealed, without cases being tossed, then no. And you guys haven't had an execution in freaking forever, so I don't understand which Ted Bundy's are getting out and going home. No one's going home. That's another thing. Anyone convicted of what Ted Bundy did or if anyone comes in with that same sense, they're not, they're not leaving. They're not getting out of it scot-free. No, they're in prison for life. And a lot of these horrible, horrible, horrible inmates that have done bad things on Utah's death row and other death rows, 
They have literally died on death row. No one seems to think about that, right? Again, I'm not for or against it. I'm just telling you the fact. This bill was sponsored by Rep. Lori Snow. The bill would have removed the death penalty as a punishment for aggravated murder committed after May 4th, unless a prosecutor had filed an intent to seek the death penalty before that date. The bill also would have added a possible sentence of 45 years to life for the crimes. Which, 45 years to life, depending on what crimes we're talking about, I think they should all just be life. Snow argued that the death penalty leads to excessive costs to taxpayers and does not bring peace to victims. He would go on to say, when something is not right, we need to fix it or get rid of it. The death penalty doesn't work. I think it's time for Utah to get rid of this albatross. And this is what I've been telling you guys. This is something that we saw last week and we're seeing it this week. A lot of conservatives are looking at this from a fiscal point of view, from taxpayers' point of view. They're looking at it for the money. I think a lot of them are getting disappointed with the results. Mike Schultz is looking at it from, I want a lot of bad people to be in jail. Fine, whatever. Also probably is speaking to his base. But I think especially looking at how a lot of these conservatives do think about money and do think about businesses. The death penalty isn't really, or death row isn't really up to the standards it should be. Taxpayers are paying all this money for what? A death row that they barely get to see used? I I think that's a waste of my money. During the hearing, the family members of Lizzie Shelley, a five-year-old girl who was killed by her uncle and this man avoided the death penalty by telling the police where her body was, they were able to speak at the event. They're very pro-capital punishment, obviously. And the mom actually would go on to say, There are monsters in this world that should never be out of prison. Having the death penalty allowed us to find our daughter and put that monster in prison for the rest of his life. But my problem with that statement is that he's not on death row. However, Sharon Weeks, who I mentioned last week, she's the sister and the aunt of two of the victims whose her brother-in-laws actually killed. She talked about the lengthy process that her family went through without any type of resolution. I think this is another thing that we always, always forget about when we talk about the death penalty, and that is the victims' families. And you think, no, we don't. Yes, we do. We do this all the time, especially for some of these families who don't want the death penalty for the person that killed whoever, and this happens a lot, you'd be surprised. Some of these families don't want the death penalty for the individual who killed their loved one. Or in Sharon Week's case, they just want it to be over. They want it to be over after years of trying to get him killed, years of trying to get him to be executed. It's just not working, and it keeps bringing up all of this trauma, bringing up all of this history, and it just is so painful of an experience. This happened when I talked about Rodney Alcala and that poor, poor woman who had been fighting to get him to be executed, and she died before he did. And he didn't even die in California's death row. He died in a freaking, died in a freaking hospital bed. The trauma that's associated with these events and just like all the appeals and going back to court and trying to fight, it, it just brings up the pain over and over again. You hear it all the time. And that's what I mean by we don't really talk about victims and victims' families in that way is like just this residual pain that is attached to death row and the process and the court 
and things like that. And I think it's just interesting hearing these two different testimonies that way. Actually, throughout this whole hearing, you heard a bunch of different testimonies from families that were for and against, mainly for the death penalty. A lot of these victims' families either had lost someone and that the perpetrator or whoever ended up on death row and they're like hell yeah or they wish they ended up on death row that kind of situation another thing to mention about weeks one of the men is currently serving a life in prison and the other had died on death row in 2019 of natural natural causes and she goes on to say the death penalty for me was like a neon light shining and I was focused on receiving it. I knew that I had to have it in order to move forward, as was explained to us by the state. And I got all of this from T, no, from 2QUTV, just so we're clear. I think it'll be an interesting road for Utah's death penalty or death row. I, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon, to be completely honest with you. I, however, do like the fact that there's more questioning happening on it but i i think they're they're gonna be one of those states that it's not gonna be abolished anytime soon same with like places like texas uh arizona i think still has theirs and if they don't then i'm really bad at my job yeah executions were tempor temporarily suspended in 2014 for arizona so i still have my job it's just a little off anyway that is the news for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you talk to your friends about it. Maybe tell them what's been going on on death row. This week, I'm going to have an in-depth episode. I finally finished everything about California's death row and the history, so I'm going to be doing that this week. And if not, just wait for next week for another news dive. <laughs> And with that, I'd like to say thank you for listening. If you like what I am sharing, feel free to follow me on all my social medias at Time of Death Pod. And that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, blah, 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 Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. And if you are listening to me on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave me a five star review if you like what I'm throwing down. Other than that, you don't have to leave anything. <laughs> if you want to send me any requests or any cool topics to talk about, feel free to message me on Instagram or send me an email at timeofdeathpod at gmail.com. I respond either way. So with that being said, have a great rest of your day. Don't do anything stupid. Enjoy whatever weather it is, wherever you're from. And I will see you very soon. Bye-bye.